You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Jimmy Stein on Locked On Bama. Thanks for listening to the Player Roster Countdown. Man, I've been waiting for this day. Number 15 also means, you know, we're obviously getting really close to football season. We're down to 15. Can you believe we started this with 99, Tim Keenan? Feels like we did started this three weeks ago, but uh, I'm really sure we didn't. 15 is Jalen Milrow, and I'm supposed to keep this to five minutes. We'll be lucky if I keep it to under an hour. You know, when we uh, when we took Milrow, uh, I'd already seen the tape a couple of times and seen the rankings and knew quite a bit about him uh, leading up to Alabama taking him. He was committed to Texas under Texas's old staff at one point and then flipped uh, to Alabama. This was well prior to uh, Sark becoming the Texas coach. Uh, thank goodness, because let's be honest, if <laughs> Milrow had stayed committed and, and Sark was announced their head coach, I, I doubt he would have flipped, but... That doesn't matter anymore because Jalen Milrow not only committed to Alabama, uh, he signed with Alabama and enrolled in school and participated in spring practice. One of the uh, one of the real unfortunate things that happened though in the spring was Jalen was uh, ill and uh, or knew someone that was ill and was unable to play. Uh, you know, in the A-Day game. So our fans, uh, the vast majority of our fans didn't get to see him play. But let's go back to when he committed and I just watched the tape. And it's hard, it was hard very not to be impressed. I, I, I like doing the player comps. I hope y'all like them. I know some of y'all disagree with some of my comps here and there. And that's fine. You're supposed to. I mean, everybody's got their own opinion. Anyone listening to this show loves Alabama football and knows our kids backwards and forwards. And, and you're going to have your own opinions, and that, that's great. So I hope it just, you know, touches off some debate. But when I watched his tape, I'm like, this is Jalen Hurts. And, you know, so much of the, the comparison is so obvious. Both of their names are Jalen. They're from Houston. Uh, they come from similar backgrounds. They have similar size. They're both great athletes. They're both a work in progress as passers. So th- that sounds exactly like Hurts, right? And, and, and really so much. He was, and, and even rated similarly coming out of high school. They had very similar rankings and ratings. I mean, this is Jalen Hurts all over again. That, that's what I felt, and, and I was excited about that. I mean, how could you not be based on what Hurts accomplished at Alabama? Um, you know, you, you, you take that all over again. And, uh, and then at the times, you know, at times Hurts struggled uh, becoming a passer at Alabama, and, and maybe you're better off during those times if you had another option that you could go to at times. Uh, let, let's also not, not forget this, and I didn't want to turn this into five minutes on, on rehashing the Hurts era, but, you know, Jalen played too quickly. We, we threw Jalen into the deep end of the pool, the third possession basically of his college career. And, uh, and and played him before he was ready and had to basically change the offense to kind of a one-read-and-run deal uh, because it was best for the team at that time. It wasn't best for Hurts' development, but it was best for the team uh, because we just didn't really have any other great quarterback options. Hurts beat out Blake Barnett, David Cornwell, and Cooper Bateman. And as we all know, none of those three turned out to be high-quality college starting quarterbacks. So... 
Hertz got thrown to the wolves a little early. That won't happen with Milrow because he's luckily showing up at a time when Alabama's got Bryce Young, who's talented and ready to go. So Milrow can develop at his own pace instead of being thrown into the deep end. That's really going to help him. So at the time he commits, I'm like, this is Hurts. This is Jalen Hurts all over again. And I'm personally excited about that. I think it's great. And uh, and now Bill O'Brien's got a lot to work with. But at the same time, let's be honest, based on his high school tape, he was a talented passer, a kid with immense upside, a kid with the upside to be an NFL passer. But he had to work on it. And like, who doesn't, by the way? But But he had to work on it. And I'm sure that description sounds a lot like Hurts. Well, the surprise a little bit is Milrow gets to campus, and I'm, I'm operating here largely on, on hearsay and scoop and inside whispers, okay, uh, and, and very little of it through personal uh, observation, although there is some of that. But uh, Milrow is more advanced than his high school tape suggests. That, that's a fact. I'm not saying that because I'm hopeful or wishful or... I'm just telling you guys that listen to this, that's a fact. Milrow showed up, uh, I, I would assume, uh, better than uh, than even Alabama had hoped. And uh, this spring, he was just simply fantastic uh, in terms of not like, hey, I'm ready to go out on the field and beat Miami and win a national championship, but fantastic in the sense that, uh, wow, did we know he was this good? I mean, that 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 sort of sense. Like, yeah, we knew he was fast. He's faster than that. Some people say, and hold your seats, because this is a fact, some people in the program say he's the fastest kid on the whole team. Not the fastest quarterback, the fastest kid on the team. And I'm including wide receivers, corners, running backs. Uh, he's strong as hell. I'm sure most of y'all are on Twitter and have seen the, the his size and his strength, which is so similar to Jalen Hurts. But he's bigger. He He's more developed muscularly than even hurts. I mean, which is nuts because we all know, have we ever had a quarterback as strong as Jalen Hurts? Well, now we do. So he's big and strong and he's fast as hell, okay? But you're like asking the very reasonable question, well, can he throw the football? Well, again, uh, I'm, I'm leaning back on what I've heard and seen to some extent. Um, I think he throws the ball better than anyone expected he would at this stage. And this is my opinion. Uh, and again, don't don't take this as anyone's opinion but my own. But I think where he is as a passer is ahead of where Jalen Hurts was at the same age. So I'm saying summer before freshman year. And keep in mind, Jalen Hurts was the starter. Game one freshman year, series number three against USC. Milrow's ahead of that. I, I think if Milrow had to play week one, game one against Miami, he would be a better, slightly better, not hugely, slightly better, uh, more polished passer, ready to play as a passer than Jalen Hurts was uh, game one in 2016. So if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what, what was. If, if you're waiting to hear that, oh, well, I'm just not going to be excited unless he's already better than... Uh, Justin Fields. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. You're probably just never going to be happy watching college football, I guess, because that's just not normal. But uh, Jalen Milrow is an extremely exciting prospect. Now, as I just basically got more excited talking about him than I would be about an Ariana Grande concert uh, playing in Daphne, Alabama, um, yeah, I am that excited about Milrow. 
But, but uh, I'm excited about Bryce Young. None of this was to say that I think Milrow will be the starter against Miami or that Milrow will beat out Bryce Young this year or next or the next. I'm not saying that because I like Bryce and I think Bryce is good. And let's be honest, I've been comparing Milrow to Hertz. Also, in my opinion, had Hertz shown up at the time Bryce Young was a year ahead of him on the depth chart, I don't know when Hertz would have played. I don't think Jalen would have beat out Bryce Young. That that's that's my opinion. So I don't know if Milrow will beat out Bryce or when. Uh, what I will say emphatically, and this is again an opinion, uh, I think at some point Jalen Milrow will be a better quarterback than Bryce. Uh, I believe that. Now, is that going to happen this fall? I don't know. I would sort of bet against it, but I don't rule it out. But I do think if Bryce is going to hang around Tuscaloosa two, three, four years, I don't know. I think I think at some point, Milrow passes him up, uh, just basically on the basis of the fact he's bigger, stronger, faster, uh, just a a, a, a a better upside to him, just based on the fact that by the time he leaves Alabama. Milrow's going to be able to throw the ball 75 yards in the air and rifle it through a car wash without the ball getting wet uh, while at the same time running a 4-4-40 and bench-pressing the world. So I don't know how you keep a guy like that off the field after he knows the offense. So so anyway, I'm glad you guys listened today. You can tell I'm a bit excited about number 15, Jalen Milrow, and I'm excited because as we get down to 15, you know it's close to the start of uh, fall camp. So thanks for listening to this uh, extended player roster countdown. Uh, I'm going to record another one uh, coming up. Jimmy Stein back on the Locked On Bama podcast, player roster countdown. I just talked about Jalen Milrow. I'm going to talk about next Theo Jones-Bell. This will be much shorter because Jones-Bell is shorter. And look at me, a short guy making short jokes. This is what this has come to. But uh, Jones Bell, a slot receiver, uh, was on the team last fall. Didn't play very much at all. Uh, Nothing we should uh, look, nothing we should, I mean, really, you're going to sit Devontae for a few snaps so we could take a look under the hood at number 14? Uh, That's not the way the world works, people. I mean, uh, uh, when Waddle and Devontae and Slade Bolden were out there, uh, there just wasn't an opportunity for snaps uh, until the game was over. And then even after Waddle got hurt, uh, you know, just didn't play many guys. I have Mechie out there too, by the way. So Jones Bell didn't play uh, really last year. I think he got in the games, might have caught three or four balls. This spring, he was obviously more prominent. Uh, I, he certainly was not a first-team guy, didn't run with the ones, but he did run with the twos. And I think he flashed. I think he showed something out there. And, and I think we, I think we should assume based on what we know at this point, that there will come a time for, for Theo Jones-Bell and that he will be a player in the rotation. Uh, again, here's the thing about receivers. And, you know, I watch a lot of high school football. I go to a lot of high school games. And this is what, some of it's just math. But if you think about it, okay, Jones-Bell is probably, what, 5'10", 180, and we're being generous. So let's say he's 5'10", 180. And, and we know he can run. He's fast. How many... 5'10", 180 wide receivers are there? I mean, how many? How many in this country? 
How many in the United States are playing high school football? I'm not saying who's 5'10", 180, and runs a 4'5 or better like Jones Bell does, but, I mean, just his size alone, you got to overcome a lot. I mean, you're not special, and, and, and I don't mean that insulting. I just mean it's a fact. Being 5'10", 180, a lot of us are 5'10", 180, not me, but a lot of us are 5'10", 180, and we don't play college football or NFL football. I mean, it's not an unusually sized person. Hey, but here's what's unusual. Uh, be 6'3", or 6'2 and a half, and still be athletic enough to be an SEC receiver. Now, that's special. There aren't a lot of people like that. And that's why those guys are, are highly recruited and why the 5'10", 180 guys, uh, you know, you take a chance on some because some of them are special. How We could sit here and go over how many have been special at Alabama, like Jalen Waddell and David Palmer and Freddie Millens. And we could just go over and over. Joey Jones going all the way back to 82. A lot of them, I mean, or some of them, proved to be special. But the 5'10", 180 guys, ah, we got to see you be special first. We obviously recruited this kid because we thought he might be. And he might prove to be. And we need to give him some time to gain some strength, learn the offense. Uh, not easy to get on the field at Nick Saban's Alabama. So let's not expect uh, the world too, too soon. But uh, here's a guy that could return punts. Here's a guy that can house a bubble screen. Here's a guy that will make talented SEC defensive backs miss. So, you know, you're going to give this guy a lot of, a lot of opportunity. I think what's interesting to me is that uh, we signed Jones Bell and he comes in and he doesn't play much. And then the very next class, we signed Christian Leary, who we'll talk about soon, number 12. Uh, we'll talk about Leary soon. Uh, in some ways, the same kid. In some ways, the same kid. So in the same class, after Jones Bell, we go back to Florida and, and get Christian Leary, which is interesting. So uh, we'll see between the two of them. Uh, this is crazy. You know, I'd get, get tor torch for saying stuff like this, but isn't this just a fact? Uh, shouldn't we expect just one of them to be good in terms of one of them is in the rotation, the first-team rotation? Is that is that fair to guess? Uh, and we'll see which one it is. Uh, neither one of them lit it up this spring. Uh, but also, I think we've seen enough from both to, to sort of be optimistic uh, about about the future for uh, for both kids. Let's remember this college football. It's not the NFL. College is a developmental period in these kids' lives for the vast majority of them whose names are not Will Anderson. Uh, you go to college and you learn the game and, and you learn your craft. You learn to be a pro. You learn... Uh, while being developed by the strength and conditioning staff into a better athlete because uh, those NFL athletes are just the best athletes in the world. So thanks for listening to Locked on Bama down to uh, to 14 now. So we're, we're getting close. Uh, next up, the next guy you'll listen to is another 14, Brian Branch. And uh, we already know he's special. So uh, looking forward to talking to you guys about Brian on the next uh, player roster countdown segment. Thanks for listening to Locked On Bama. Jimmy Stein back with the player roster countdown. Appreciate you guys listening to the podcast all of the time and enjoying this roster countdown. We will try to do it every year uh, as long as you guys like it and uh, appreciate the comments on, uh, on the Twitter app. So today is a good one. 14 Brian Branch, uh, returning starter, really started most of last year in Alabama's dime package and, and, and played occasionally in regular nickel. I think we'll see uh, a lot more of him this year. I sort of anticipate Brian, you know, just playing more in regular. Uh, looks like going into the season, 
the two regular safeties will be Jordan Battle and DeMarco Helms, but you know, Branch is a little younger, a little less experienced. I, I think he's the riser. He's the one that's going to gain more and more snaps. But regardless, uh, he'll certainly be a starter in the money package. Now, one thing that's interesting for you people that care th- this deeply about the X's and O's, um, here's an interesting part. I-, I think when Brian Branch comes in as the sixth DB, he actually won't play the money spot. So we'll, we'll call Brian the sixth guy or the money defensive back because he's the sixth guy, but really the money lines up where you would normally see the Mike linebacker line up in regular, you know, in the box in the middle of the field. Uh, It's just when it's third and 12, you line up somebody there that's got, you know, really good uh, pass coverage skills. uh, And that's why, you, you know, you go to that sixth DB because there's receivers all over the place. You're completely expecting the opposition to throw the ball and uh, so you put your sixth DB right there where the Mike linebacker usually is, and he has pass coverage responsibility almost all the time unless there's some sort of a Mike uh, you know, blitz, some sort of Mike dog call where he uh, you know, blitzes. And that, that happens sometimes. But most of the time, that's going to be a cover responsibility uh, usually in that zone area or, or sometimes man-to-man, uh, just depending on what the call is. Uh, but Brian... Uh, can do that, and he's tough, and he's a good tackler, and he's a legit safety. So you can see Brian down down in the box, but personally, I, I mean, this is the way I, I see it, and uh, Nick and Pete Golding may disagree, and, you know, what do they know? But uh, <laughs> they may disagree, but I like Helms down there. Helms, to me, between Jordan Battle, DeMarco Helms, and Brian Branch, it just looks to me like Helms is the toughest kid, the most physical kid. And generally, that's who you want in that box, right? Because you're playing close to the line of scrimmage. You got to watch for the draw. Got to watch for a quarterback draw. Uh, got to watch for them to, to hit tight ends on short crossing routes. You got to get a big-ass tight end down to the ground. And uh, so, you know, I like Helms down low. Uh you could play battle there because he's so smart. Jordan Battle is so smart. You can play him all over the field, uh, and he's gonna he's gonna know every every kid's position. He, he'll he'll know how to play money and free and strong and left and right and deep and and zone and man. Jordan Battle know all that stuff. So you could play him there because he's gonna be so assignment sound, and uh, and and you could play Brian Branch there because honestly. Uh, my opinion, he's the most athletic of the three. Brian Branch is the most versatile athletic kid between Branch, Battle, and Helms, uh, who I think will be the three primary safeties. But today we're talking about Brian in particular. Uh, I just said he was the most athletic of our safeties. I believe that to be true. Uh, amazing what he was able to do as a true freshman, picking up on things, particularly in that COVID year. On the one hand, during the COVID, I think the players were more immersed than normal into learning uh, because what else was there to do? Uh, you know, they spent a lot more time on it than normal, I would guess. So, but it, it's such a weird one-off year. I mean, where everything is just so different. And I just really am impressed with the true freshmen that played big roles last year. Cause it's such a weird year. And now Brian's been around. He knows the system a little better. I think in terms of the safety group, Brian is the best cover guy. I think he has some cornerback skills, uh, probably isn't ideal for that corner spot in this league, but he has corner skills, which means he can you can line him up in the slot and he can cover some got some person man to man, be it a slot receiver, tight end, cover a back out of the backfield, 
Uh, I, I think uh, obviously he's he could be a center fielder. There are some ball instincts there, some ball skills. He is a pretty good tackler. I think it's one thing he's going to work on. You know, I think I think all these kids have to work on something more than others. I think with Brian Branch, it's the physical part. It's the it's the the physical part of playing safety, uh, which requires a, a very sound tackler. Uh, he's pretty good there, especially for a freshman. But uh, you know, obviously, room for improvement, and uh, and that's where he's got to improve. And, and with uh, Jordan Battle. Uh, sort of a candidate to go pro early, uh, you know, Branch would maybe be the guy in, in 2022, uh, you know, in that safety spot. So good player, really good player, highly recruited, chose Alabama over Georgia. I think a lot of DBs do, thanks to Nick Saban and uh, Nick Saban's uh, reputation working with defensive backs. Uh, that's how we get a lot of highly recruited guys like Branch, who's also a great kid. Uh, very, very involved uh, uh, mom and 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 uh, joy. I think you know, uh, you, you know, whenever you get uh, these kids and their parents are fan become big fans of the program, that's uh, that's really cool. So uh, I, I think we'll have a big year out of Brian Branch. I think he's going to go from um, let's say um, uh, part time on the field freshman uh, who flashes to one of Alabama's better players on defense. That, that's how I think it's going to be. I, I think you make a big jump from year one to year two when you're special, and Brian Branch is special. I see him being a very special player at Alabama and eventually a, a, a pro football player. So thanks for uh, listening to the Locked on Bama podcast. Since we're down to 14, you know we're just a couple weeks away. Exciting stuff. Roll Tide.